Welcome to episode one of the Gale Ventures podcast, coming to you from the Heinz Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Iona University. This podcast is for small business owners, innovators, side hustlers, and anyone who's experienced the challenges and rewards of being an entrepreneur. We talk about the good, the bad, mistakes made, and best practices for starting and running a small business. I'm your host, Rob Kistner, and today our guest is John Jones, an Army veteran who is on a quest to help the youth of today learn essential life skills and avoid the mistakes that he made as a young person. His business, Teaching Our Youth Skills, or TOYS for short, offers workshops in a variety of topics, including financial literacy, credit, and interview readiness. John has been taking advantage of the free business coaching through the Community Navigator Pilot Program here at Iona, which offers free small business education and services for military-connected entrepreneurs. John, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, we know a little about your business, but why don't you tell us about it in your own words? Um, TOYS, which um, stands for Teaching Our New Skills. Um, is a small business that we started, myself and my son, technically, uh, to help today's youth learn a little bit about credit and interview skills. Uh, I was speaking to my son one day uh, because he was applying for a job, and um, just basically I was asking him basic fundamental questions about how to do an interview, so forth and so on, and he wasn't sure of the answers. And I thought about it. This is nothing that was taught to me in high school. He didn't understand a lot of the, an- a lot of the questions I was explaining to him. So if you really think about it, it's just something I thought that probably wasn't being taught in any school, and it would be something to help kids today get uh, further along with employment. And as for the credit part, a lot of kids just really don't understand credit, how it works, the benefits of having credit, the downside of having poor or negative credit. I just felt that was something that kids today would do much better learn. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like in 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 the education system, there are oftentimes workshops for how to put your resume together and sort of like a quick overview about how to handle yourself in an interview. But from the research that we've done together, you know, we found that there's definitely a deficiency in really coaching high school students on how to uh, prepare for an interview, uh, you know, understanding the context of where they're applying, you know, if you're applying for a retail store, whereas if you're applying for more of an office setting where you might need to wear a suit and tie, you know, the interview skills might be a little different. So there's definitely a need there. And on the credit side of things, I mean, credit is not exciting for for high school kids, but you and I can both agree and everybody listening can agree that that's something that, you know, everybody needs to know. And it's something good to learn from a young age and set those, you know, habits early on. So, was certainly needed. So you mentioned a little bit about the the idea coming from your son applying for a job, but talk a little bit more about um, where the idea came from. Was there one specific trigger or instance or event that sort of caused you to realize that there was an opportunity? Uh, I had a friend who was in the process of trying to start her own business, and um, I was helping her do some things to get off the ground a little bit. She just thought I would be great at possibly starting my own business, and I said, no, 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 it's not something I want to pursue. But then I started thinking about it. Um, you know, there's a need for this actual product that I'm creating. Maybe I'll follow through on it. And then I um, was introduced to Robert and the program here. We sat down, we talked, and uh, threw a couple of ideas up against the wall, and some of them stuck. Um, and I just thought this was the right thing to do. Now, to be all honest with you, this was not my first idea of a business. Um, I had honestly thought about opening a coffee shop. But there were a few things that I didn't 
feel comfortable with? A, for the simple fact that I don't like coffee. <laughs> uh, and then you have to deal with food and the government, so forth and so on, with regulatory rules and refrigeration and handling and stuff and vendors. So I didn't think that was the right road I want to go down. So this business, I felt, was a better fit for me because it's something I've done. I've hired people before. I've been a hiring manager in different places, and I know the questions I asked. And we've had several youth come in there, no idea of how to answer questions, no idea of how to even do the most basic thing of how to prepare, how to dress. Again, it's most likely not being taught to them. And, you know, if anybody out there is interested in pursuing entrepreneurship, I mean, that's a great example of how to get started is just be observational in your normal day-to-day life. I mean, John experienced, you know, these young folks coming in, looking to get a job, not having the right interview skills, uh, not necessarily knowing how to dress and saw that consistently and said, you know, there's an opportunity to change this. Um, and and that's that's where a lot of great entrepreneurs come up with their business ideas through personal experience. So, it, you know, it's really great to sort of put that observational mindset to work and just kind of be aware of what's happening around you because these 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 opportunities will present themselves to you. I think the most important thing is if you're going to start a business, you have to find something that people need. There's a lot of businesses out there that you can end up just being a copycat of. That's one of the reasons also I walked away from the coffee shop. Because technically, there are enough Starbucks and knockoffs and so forth and so on out there. I was just going to basically be another one of 500 million. You know what's so interesting about that? We, we run into this all the time as you know we coach businesses in the Community Navigator program is you know people come in and they have their million dollar idea. It might be a product, it might be a service, it might be an app, whatever the case may be. And we always ask, well, what problem is this solving? And oftentimes, these folks have their idea but they haven't thought through the problem. So they're jumping right to the solution. And the solution probably isn't the right one because they're inventing a problem that doesn't actually exist. So you always start with the problem and work to creating a solution for that. That is absolutely right. And I mean, I'm going to give a shout out to something that is kind of crazy. But just what you just said is something I learned off watching Shark Tank. Because there's a question that they always ask, what problem is this solving? And then one of the things for me personally, I want to kind of give something back to the community. And coffee shop's not really giving anything back to the community because I've been blessed with some of the people I've worked with or come along with men in life who have pointed me in the right directions to help me get to where I'm at now. So I definitely feel like that's a blessing and giving something back wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing. So, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the experiences with the folks that you've hired and how the opportunity to educate young people on interview skills came from that. But on the credit side of things, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell a story that you once told me, which, you know, this this idea, you know, came out of your own personal experience. So if you're okay with it, I'd love for you to tell your story when you were transitioning out of the military. There's, there's actually two. Uh, <laughs> they both were when I was transitioning out the military. The first one, uh, I'll hold the first one. I'll tell the second one because the first one is a story that Robert loves because <laughs> it's the most embarrassing the first one, I was getting out the military and I wanted to buy a new car. I asked my parents to co-sign, father of a doctor, mother of a social worker, and they, they wouldn't do it. And I didn't understand they couldn't do it because their credit was terrible. Father was in debt, student loans. I'm like, you make great money. I didn't understand credit. And I was 21 years old at that time. But the story that Robert wants me to tell you about <laughs> involves a night of partying and Domino's pizza. I was... Uh, Maybe three or four days from getting out of the military, and we were in the barracks, and I don't know. I celebrated and made it through healthy four years, and I'm getting out, getting an honorable discharge, so I thought. 
And uh, I threw a Domino's pizza party. There were people in the barracks. I didn't even know. Hey, man, you want a pizza? You want some wings? You want whatever? <laughs> and people were buying so forth and so on. I just wrote a big old fat check for well over 600 and something dollars. Thinking, I'm going to get away before this check clears. You know, I'm going to get out and go back to New York. They'll never catch me, yada, yada, yada. Oh, I care. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> they took the check to the bank immediately instead of going through the normal process of deposit. The check came back declined. They went to my commanding officer. To end the story, technically, I had to stay in the military another month to pay for that check. Uh, I had the option of getting out, but it, I wasn't going to get the honorable discharge. And as we all know, the honorable discharge is the most important thing in the military. So I ended up staying in the military an extra month to pay for that pizza party. And, you know, it's a funny story, but part of what you told me when you told that story is, you know, you missed out on a job opportunity because of that, right? You were you were scheduled to start a new job. And because having to stay in the military another month, that opportunity passed you by. And so, again, coming out of that personal experience, educating people on young people on finances, on credit and how that can impact you. All at 21 years old. I learned all that at 21, but maybe... To be honest with you, maybe if I had learned any of that in high school. Now, I'm not knocking high school. Nobody ever taught me the value of credit. Um, I never understood the importance of having a bank account. Now, I had jobs, um, but I would just cash my check at the check cashing place. I didn't understand how banking worked. I didn't understand that credit opens way more doors than walking around a pocket full of cash. Absolutely. And, you know, I think part of the value of what you're offering with toys is that this comes from personal experience. You know, you've lived through it. It makes it relatable to young people. So it takes topics that are generally considered boring and yeah. makes them more relatable. I mean, it is it is hard to get the youth to uh, understand the importance, but personal stories like that, it's kind of funny, but this impact, right? The, the impact of your actions where you had to stay in the military another month and you lost out on a job opportunity. And so, you know, th th how that story is comical will, you know, relate to these young folks, but the impact of what you're trying to teach them has been built into that as well. And I think that's lacking in a lot of the financial literacy programming for young people around. With your business, you're looking to take those personal experiences and basically pay it forward and help the youth of today, you know, avoid the mistakes that, you know, you and I made as, as young yeah. people. We all did, right? Without without learning these at a young age. So, so you know, you have this idea, you decide you want to pursue it. You know, what was your first action in your first action that you took in really pursuing this as a business? Um, first action that I took in pursuing this was actually coming up with an idea of what would be not necessarily, I wasn't in it for profit, profit, excuse me. I was in it for, is this needed? Mm. And that's where the coffee shop, coffee shop, to be honest with you, was an idea I came up with my ex-wife many, many years ago. Obviously, that didn't work out for whatever reason. But the first action was um, sitting down with Robert, coming in here and sitting down. And so when I came in, I bounced the idea off Robert and came up with a game plan, um, what the ultimate goal was. And I thought that would be the best fit. So that's how we came up with this, and that's what pushed me in this direction. So two two really important takeaways I want to make sure our audience pulls from this. Number one, understanding your resources. You know, whether you have access to a program like the Community Navigator pilot program or not. There are tons of excellent free entrepreneurial resources. Go to the SBA's website, check out your Chamber of Commerce, the Women's Enterprise Development Center. I'll leave a couple of links in the show notes, but there is a ton of great free counseling that you can get in entrepreneurship. So number one, you don't have to go out this at this alone. Get out there and get some help because it is definitely out there. And number two, 
your thing that you did talking about asking your friends about the idea is validating your idea, right? It's a good idea to you, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea to everybody. And so getting out there and talking to friends and family, talking to other people in the industry, validate the idea. And then when you validate the idea, you can say to yourself, there's a need here. So I can really invest some time and effort into this. Honestly, I just went to the people I respect the most mm-hmm. who also are my age range who are basically understanding what I'm talking about. When I was in school, you guys didn't have this either. And they said, no, we didn't have this. And maybe things might have been a little bit different for us. Then I'm looking at my son who's turning 17, my nephew who's turning 16. Um, Maybe we could help them. Clearly it worked because my son ended up getting a job. (laughs) Um, So, and my nephew, he, uh, he had a summer job, a lifeguard position. So that worked for him too. But... You have to have somebody who you can bounce ideas off of. And one of the things we did early on is we were working together and developing your ideas. You know, we worked with friends and family and did some some validation. But even beyond that, we reached out to like youth bureaus and boys and girls clubs and people that are serving high school students and, you know, shared the idea. We did some free demo classes and, and really validated the idea in the market. So it's like you start with your friends and family and sort of branch outward and continue to validate. And as do, in doing that, you started to build a network of, of contacts as well. I think, though, when you're ready to branch, branch out, though, you need to have a it doesn't have to be a finished product or a perfect product, but you got to be about 85 to 90 percent of the way through. Leave that extra 10 to 15 percent for adjustments. Mm-hmm. And when you do speak to somebody, you do a seminar, you do a class or whatever, you can't take it as negative feedback. Because remember, you're still building your business and you're doing these seminars and whatever you're doing, classes, just to perfect your, perfect your product. Uh, I didn't get a lot of negative feedback, honestly, on my project that I, the first time I did it. Uh, I did get some insightful feedback and a couple of adjustments I did make, but I honestly appreciated that because you need that to perfect whatever you're doing. I think that's a, such an important thing that people forget about in developing a business, which is leaving your ego at the door, right? You know, we reached out to these these youth organizations and asked them if they would be open to, you know, having you do a demo class or talk to you or whatever. And they said, yes, which demonstrate that they clearly want to help you. So give, them giving you constructive feedback isn't there to hurt your feelings. It's there to help you improve, right? Don't be afraid at the end either to give an anonymous survey and don't be scared to look at the answers. Honestly, I was scared to look at the answers. <laughs> it's hard not to be, right? I didn't look at the answers for about a, about a week. Uh, I didn't look at the answers for about a week because I was terrified. But when I actually looked at the answers, it was it was all positive. Uh, a few here, a few hiccups, which is fine. Uh, one of the benefits that we also have in today's world is I had my son videotape it, so I could see myself. Was I clear when I was speaking? Did I make eye contact with the kids? Did I involve the kids? Uh, we didn't videotape any of the kids; just focused on me. But that was the goal, so I could work on if I needed to do anything with that too. No, that's great. I'm glad that that was helpful. I mean, the survey's huge, right? Like, uh, you know, you need to get that feedback. And an anonymous survey is always a good way to do that. Um, lots of other ways you could do that as well. But I think that was a, a and the videotaping was great because, like, you don't know what you looked like, you don't know what your body language looked like, you don't know what your divi- I mean, if especially if it's the first time you're doing something like this, you might rush. You know, you might 
in know. your head, yeah. it might not be clear. And, and if you're teaching kids how to carry themselves with confidence and in interview skills, you need to present yourself with the same confidence, right? So it's like you have to practice what you preach. So being able to get feedback and review that is, is, is really excellent. So, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, developing a new business, you have really good days, you have really bad days. It's a roller coaster ride. And, and you know, on those really challenging days, what keeps you going? What, what drives you to keep pushing forward? For me, personally, is it's, it's a couple of reasons. A, I enjoy being my own boss. Secondly, uh, I guess you could say, I feel a certain way inside that I'm helping the community and helping kids. You know, it's, it's nice to go to a nine to five job where you're working and so forth and so on. But it's also nice when you like what you do and you feel something positive come out of it. Or you, somebody reaches out to you and says, I really appreciated your session. Thank you. Um, or a parent would say, you know, that's pretty good work right there. My, my son really needed that. And this is stuff that I never thought of. You know, so it's all, it's all different things that keep you going. Um, it could be the money, too. That's nothing wrong with making money. Um, you're not going to make the money in the beginning. You're going to struggle a little bit. But um, you act, it's your business. You have to like what you're doing. You created this. So if you don't like what you're doing, it'll never work. Um, but I love what I'm doing. Um, starting to branch out a little bit more. I'm hearing a little bit more from other people, other organizations that seem a little interested in the product. And um, it's it's going. It's, it's It was a struggle in the beginning. Got a little frustrating. But... Um, if you're under the misconception you're going to make a million dollars in the first week, it's, it's not going to happen. I got <laughs> news for you. It's not, not going to happen. That's great advice, which, you know, it's always come back to the work, the impact. Like, you know, when you're running a business, there's a lot of things you need to be responsible for. There's paperwork. There's bills to pay. There's all kinds of distracting things that take your focus away from the core of what you do, which is the work. So come back to the work. How are you helping kids? Parents sending you testimonials or thanking you or, you know, even just seeing the energy of a group of kids that are in the in the class with you, right? You always have to come back to the work because you start you started this business out of a place of passion, wanting to help the youth of today, not mistakes, make the same mistakes that you did, right? And you have to always come back to what drives that passion. Otherwise, you you fall out of love with your business. And that's a very challenging situation to be in. So I think that's great advice. Always come back to the work. Um, so uh, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur, aspiring business owner, uh, having gone through a, about a year of, of counseling and developing your business so far? I have a great idea. Don't give up. Because um, there are going to be those days where it just doesn't seem worth it. It's going to be a struggle. But just have faith that it's going to work out. You know, even if it doesn't. Let's say hypothetically it doesn't. At least when you go to sleep at night, you can say, I did my all. I gave it a shot. Yep. Because if you, if you don't give it a shot, you'll always be the what if, what if, what if. And it'll drive you crazy because it does me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would just say... Do the best you can following your dreams. It's not going to be overnight. Everything is a process. Baby steps, baby steps. With this, it's all about making the right contacts. With any business, it's about making the right contacts, the right people, knowing the right people. Out of all that being said, I think the most important thing is something that you said, Robert. Regardless of what you're doing, it doesn't matter what kind of business it is, you got to leave your ego at the door. That is probably the most important thing because somebody might come up with an idea that you just didn't think of that could help you 
Don't say no because you're in charge or it's your company. Don't do that. You always have to be willing to listen. I mean, both with your team, with your customers, with your partners. I mean, you know, as, as a leader of a company, you have to lead with, you know, humility. You have to be a humble leader. And I, I mean, I think 99.9% of people would agree with you, but there are, you know, uh, personalities in the entrepreneurship world that go against that. And in the real world, you know, you need to be humble because you'll make mistakes. People around you will make mistakes. People come up with ideas that might be better than ideas that you would have, and they're willing to share them with you. And you have to be open to accepting that. I think right? one thing also is you've got to understand this is not a nine to five thing. There's a struggle. Um, don't think, oh, I'll just do this during the day. No, there's nights when I'm on the computer at 11 o'clock at night emailing somebody or looking up something or uh, trying to get a jump start on somebody else's emails that they might have responded and I got to respond back, but I'm up. It, it doesn't stop. There's no turn off mm -hmm. time. There's yep. no end time. You know, uh, this is your business. So, yeah, you could do it tomorrow, but it's about sacrifice, you know, and putting the effort in. That's the hardest part. You know, you might not want to, but you have to. And then there's situations with the end where you'll think about, yeah, it was really worth it. Excellent. Excellent advice. So uh, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up for today? Um, yeah, the Iona Gale project here that Robert and Rihanna I have here is really helpful, really great. Always answering emails here, you know, whenever I email <laughs> or making time for me to come over uh, or we do the Zoom. Uh, me personally, I'm an in-person type person, but we'll do a Zoom and anything. So like Robert had mentioned earlier, find something if it's not going to be this project, if there's not going to be this program, find a program that will definitely help you. And again, when you you got to leave the ego at the door um, because Robert's the veteran of this. He's done this. So how would it be that I come in here and I'm telling him, I want to do this, 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 and this, and I'm not listening to any sound advice he has. This program has been really great and really helpful. So I, I have no complaints. I have no issues. I super appreciate that, John. I'm glad it's been helpful. And uh, I just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, and, you know, sharing these personal stories and your experiences. And um, we'll drop we'll drop all of John's information in the show notes. You know, his website is educationbytoys.card.co. Uh, and I'll drop the Instagram in the show notes as well as his phone number uh, for how to get in touch if anybody's interested in uh, booking a class with him. Thanks so much for joining us today, John. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes. And if you really like this episode, we would greatly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend or colleague. Thanks for tuning into the Gale Ventures podcast. Keep getting out there and doing the great work. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, John. Thank you. Take care.